The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Do you ever think about how life is full of all sorts of requirements? Like, you must be 30 pounds to ride forward facing in a car, or turn five before September 1st to enter kindergarten, or be 18 to vote. You must prove your financial need in order to receive certain scholarships, or have good credit score to borrow at a certain interest rate, or turn 62 to receive Social Security. Even the library, a place to borrow books for free, requires proof of residency to receive a town library card. Now, some requirements are perfectly reasonable and good. Requiring a test to drive a vehicle keeps us all safer. But all of these requirements do something to us. Requirements set qualifications and limitations. They separate us along lines of size and age and gender and wealth and other indicators of worthiness or belonging. Or they insert us into certain organized boxes. And some requirements, especially the less reasonable ones, they make us feel like all things need to be earned. Or we have to be enough in some predetermined way in order to receive something or be part of something. It's unusual to find anything, anything at all, that's really for everyone, for all people, really, truly all. And that's one of the reasons why I love today's gospel text. Our gospel passage opens with Jesus attempting to be alone. He just learned of John's death, of Herod's hideous banquet that ended with the beheading of John, prophet and baptizer. And Jesus retreats to a deserted place, but the crowd follows, and the crowd that has grown during Jesus' preaching and teaching is hungry to know more, to hear more. They're not full yet. 
Jesus sees the crowd and he's moved with compassion for them and he cures their sick and now it's the end of the day and the disciples tell Jesus that it's time to send the crowds away. They might have said this in love and concern, trying to give Jesus that space that he was trying to find earlier. But Jesus doesn't want to send the crowd away. He doesn't want each person to have to go and buy their meal, some able to buy all that they need to eat and others who will remain hungry. Instead, Jesus instructs the disciples to have the crowd stay and to feed them with what little they have. I love imagining this story of really taking a moment to transport myself there and picture it in my mind's eye. 5,000 men plus women and children is an enormous crowd in antiquity. I live in a town of about 8,000 people. So that's the equivalent of my entire town finding a patch of land big enough where we could all sit down in the grass together and have a picnic. I love imagining the disbelief of the disciples looking at this measly supply of food and then this enormous group of people and then being told by Jesus to start distributing the bread and fish. I imagine their experience to be a little bit like mine on a Sunday morning while I'm distributing communion wondering how much of the loaf to break off for each person, trying to do some mental calculations of how long the bread will last and thinking about what I'll do if it runs out, seeing the supply get smaller as they feed each person. Except for the disciples, as they are breaking off the pieces of bread, the supply isn't getting any smaller. The amount of food seems to be increasing. And for every piece of loaf that is handed out, there seems to be no dent made, maybe even more than before. I wonder when each disciple had that turning point moment. That moment when they shifted from disbelief, no way this will be enough, to utter excitement when they realized what they were participating in. That moment when they started boldly ripping off larger and larger pieces, trusting that no matter how much bread was needed, this bread was not going to run out. I wonder about that moment when they realized the miracle that they were holding in their very own hands. I also imagine the crowd, some thankful for this opportunity, now unburdened by the task of finding food, others annoyed, knowing they could have afforded something more exciting than bread and fish, A crowd this big must have had all kinds of people, young and old, women and men, rich and poor, hurting and healthy, strangers and friends, sinners and righteous. And now they're all eating this meal together. 
And they weren't following any of the usual cultural expectations around eating. There was no opportunity to wash their hands before the meal or any comforts of home. No organization around social standing or wealth. No separation between the healthy and the sick. Yet sitting shoulder to shoulder in this found common place, united by a universal human need to eat. This simple feast was so different from Herod's banquet. I'm guessing Herod offered more elaborate food and drink, but it was a meal that ended in death. And yet with this simple bread and fish, every single person had enough to eat. Whatever each body needed, it received. And there was still so much left over. What a glorious, life-giving feast. You know what's missing from this story? Any discussion of making the crowd smaller or more manageable. Before Jesus has the disciples feed the crowd, Jesus says nothing of need or requirement. There was no dismissing the rich to feed only the poor ones who couldn't feed themselves. There was no test to determine who was repentant so that only the good or the worthy ate. There was no membership obligation to feed only the most committed to Jesus, rewarding previous devotion or demanding future loyalty. In fact, there seemed to be just one singular requirement, hunger. And at the end of a long day, everyone is hungry. It's that simple. Everyone is hungry. Everyone is fed. Now, over the past three weeks together, we heard something like eight different parables. So, I mean, we're basically experts at this point. And we heard stories of what the kingdom of heaven is like. Wheat and weed nurtured together, unexpected abundant growth, the little becoming abundant, and so on. And here is everything that Jesus was talking about. Here it is, the kingdom of heaven on earth. This is what it looks like. All who are hungry are fed. So like I said earlier, while it's unusual to find anything, anything at all that is for all people, really truly for everyone, without any requirements, we learn that God's love is one of those rare things that really is for all. It's why I love this miracle, and it's also why I love being the church. In church, in this found common space, in this motley crowd of all kinds, we experience the same thing that we read about. We experience God's love poured out for all. All are invited to be washed in the healing waters of forgiveness. All are invited to this table to be fed with the bread of life. All are invited to hear God speak through Holy Scripture. All are invited to add their voice to joyful singing. All are invited to find a place to rest when weary. 
All are invited to find love and support and community. And all are invited to stay after worship for coffee hour. I hear there might be cake today. (laughs) In a world that gives very little away without requiring something of us. We get to experience together God's economy of grace, love freely given every single week. And it gets even better. Just like the disciples are told to distribute the bread, Jesus calls us to do the same, working through us, using us to provide bread of life to all. And when we serve our neighbors, whether it's working in the garden and watching the seeds slowly become cucumbers and squash and tomatoes that will then go to the Wachusett Food Pantry, or providing food to the young women and young children of Florence House, or supplying grocery gift cards to those who stop by the church during the week looking for something to eat, or collecting items to fill school kits and homeless kits, just to name a few of the ways that we serve our community. With each of these ministries and every ministry, we practice what it means to love others without limits or restrictions, to work with the simplest of requirements. All who are hungry are fed. And we're all hungry. By participating in the kingdom of grace, by giving without requirement, practicing God's love and welcoming all, we'll witness the ongoing miracle that is taking place in our very own hands. That when we give generously, trusting that there is enough for everyone's need, there will be enough. Amen.